what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Foot Candle Films. Film news and reviews from two guys who really like movies. This episode is brought to you by the Foot Candle Film Society. For a schedule of upcoming screenings and membership information, visit the Society's website at www.footcandle.org. Hello, welcome to Foot Candle Films. Chris, how's it going, man? It's going pretty pretty good. Good. Pretty good. Ready to talk about some movies? Absolutely. Yeah. This is Foot Candle Films. This is the show here on TheMesh.TV. We talk about movies. We uh, have some discussions about some recent new movies that are out in the theaters. We talk a little bit of movie news or maybe just some movie topics that interest us. And then we also always like to cap off the show with our recommendation of the month or recommendation of the episode, I guess I should say, where we both pick a film that we like that uh, maybe hasn't gotten as much attention as it should have, but you can now check out online through one of the various media options that you have available on this thing called the internet. Um, (laughs) My name's Alan. This is Chris. And uh, we've got a good show today. I think a couple very interesting discussions I'm looking forward to having with you, Chris, uh, as we talk about two big films. Well, let me take it back. One big film, one film... Probably not considered very big, but we'll see. uh, More of an art house. So we can discuss maybe whether it was warranted to have more attention than it got. We're going to be discussing the film Pacific Rim, and then we'll be discussing the film Only God Forgives. Again, following that up with some news and our recommendations of the episode. Before we go any further, though, just a quick reminder you're listening to TheMesh.tv. That is our online media network of podcasts and shows, audio, and some video ones sprinkled in there a little bit as well where we like to offer you a whole assortment of different shows to listen to. You can go to themesh.tv and pull up any of the shows we have available. Foot Candle Films is one of those shows, and if you go pull up Foot Candle Films, you can actually go back in time and look at all the old episodes we've posted for years now. It's been, what, two and a half years? Something like that. Three years, pretty close to that, for a pretty long time now. You can go all the way back to the beginning and listen to any of those shows you wish to. Uh, There's a lot of other shows on the network as well, ranging from business shows to sports shows, a lot of different options to consider. And we are on Apple iTunes, so maybe that's where you're listening to us right now. Uh, iTunes, we encourage you to go and subscribe to the show. That way you're entitled. Every new episode we put out on the stream, you're going to get. You don't have to worry about it. We come to you is the way I look at it with subscriptions. You don't have to come find the new episode. We'll download it to you automatically. So go hit that subscribe button in iTunes when you look for Foot Candle Films and not miss a beat with us any episode we post going forward. With all that being said, Chris, are you ready to talk robots? Climbing in my Jaeger, let's, let's go. Let's do it. Here, let's talk about the film Pacific Rim. We always thought alien life would come from the stars. But it came from deep beneath the Pacific. The first kaiju made land in San Francisco. And then we learned this was not going to stop. In order to fight monsters, we created monsters of our own. The Jaeger program was born. Two pilots, our minds, our memories, connected. And man and machine become one. As a war between humankind and monstrous sea creatures <laughs> rages on, A former pilot and a trainee are paired up to drive a seemingly obsolete special weapon in a desperate effort to save the world from the apocalypse. (laughs) So, do you feel like the apocalypse was avoided by having this summer blockbuster come out on the heels of other summer blockbusters like Lone Ranger, Man of Steel, that haven't exactly fared so well? Do you think this is the same? Really felt fared as well either. Do do you think this has saved? Uh, the movie Apocalypse saved Hollywood from the apocalypse. Well, it certainly didn't save Hollywood because the movie <laughs> hasn't done that great okay. in the box office. It's considered somewhat of a disappointment. It hasn't really made a whole lot of money. And it was a pretty big budget film, you know, as you can see when you see it. I will say this, though, Chris. And I mean, you, you know me. And I, I think we've even talked about this film in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, you I, were really looking forward to it. I, we talked about it in news oh, yeah. sections. Because I am the guy that loves the giant, big monster movies. Okay? Absolutely. I love the original Godzilla. I True, like, and you liked, uh, what was the Hugh Jackman, True Steel? Real Steel. Real Steel. I'm sorry. That was, well, <laughs> that was 
bigger robots. Bigger it wasn't robots. really big robots, but <laughs> right. I do, you know, fighting robots. Yeah, I'm all for that. Sure. So Pacific Rim, you've got robots, you've got monsters coming out of the, the sea and they fight. Godzilla really, versus Transformers. That's about all you need to know with this thing. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of other little details with it about the way that the Jaegers are operated. That's what they call the big robots are Jaegers. You got to have two people to pilot them because the That's convenient. the mental <laughs> the mental stimulation of running the Jaegers is too much for one person's brain to handle. So you got to have you two. Nosebleed. They got to sync their brains together. You got to find people compatible. They're trying to go for a little deeper resonance with the film on that level, I think. The neural handshake. Yes. But I will say, I had a fun time with this film. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I did. Um, I envy you. <laughs> I, because I love big robots. I love big monsters. Uh, I normally frown on movies that are solely dependent on big CGI spectacle. And a lot of times when you, when you rely on CGI to basically make a giant fight sequence for 40 minutes, a la Man of Steel, uh, hmm. I generally don't like it. This, however, you know, you kind of have to use CGI. It's giant freaking robots and it's giant freaking monsters. I mean, there's okay. not a lot of ways around it. And I thought it worked fine. Was I ecstatic coming out of the movie? No. Were there some things that did not work at all? Absolutely. Um, most notably, I'm going to say, I'm going to call you out, Mr. Charlie Hunnan, Mr. Lead <laughs> Actor Guy. I'm sorry, but this movie, this movie was really hampered by a really bad lead actor. And I'm sorry. I just okay. did not feel like that worked at all. Okay. He um, was, he was, and he's the pilot, the male pilot. He is the male, he's food. the hero guy. He's right. the guy that goes through the arc of, he was a hero at one point. Then he had a fall from grace because his brother died. That's not spoiler. That no, happens in the happens first to- 10 minutes. And he goes and becomes a construction worker. And then they got to <laughs> pull him back out. It was your oh, typical man. hero cycle. Oh, and he really just, he was too good looking, too clean cut, or, or or perfectly shaved and groomed, and just too bland a guy, you know, to really make this pay off. But overall, I still had a good time with this movie. I thought the fight scenes were fun. Hmm. Um, I thought the over the top campiness of some of the dialogue and some of the scenes I thought worked. I was ready for it. I I said bring it on, and they brought it. I, I enjoyed the movie. It was not the raging success I was hoping it was going to be. Right. But it was a good, fun film for me. And I'm taking from your facial expressions that you did, <laughs> In my not, snarky little you did not have a good time with this. No. And let me start off by saying we've referenced several times. You know, I think it started with the Avengers. We've often, you know, derided Transformers talking about the action sequences. I liked Man of Steel. And I also thought the action sequences worked for me. They did not work for you. No. I will say, on a positive note for Pacific Rim, this is one of two (laughs) that I have. Um, I thought the action sequences, I I could follow them. Yes. I mean, you know, I thought they were, were, like you said, a giant robot fighting a giant creature. And it wasn't like headache inducing. I wanted to throw up because there was so much action, blurry, unsteady cam going on, shaky cam. No, I could follow. And for that, I commend Guillermo del Toro and the cinematographer which I don't know his name, but I, I commend I commend that because it very yeah. easily could have gone that route. It oh. could have looked messy transformer type. This would craziness. be a whole different conversation from my end if they had gone if it had gotten that messy and that over the top can't follow the action, just throw everything on the screen and not worry about cohesiveness. If that had gone that route, oh this movie would have been I would have been just so very upset. The fact is I, I do agree. I think the action sequences Considering you've got two giant CGI models you're animating in a whole digital world, I thought we're done about as well as you could make those kind of digital fight scenes. And a discussion that we've kind of hinted that we were going to have at some point, probably not going to fit into this episode, but as far as trailers are concerned, the trailer for this movie is positive. It didn't get me excited for the film, but it didn't ruin the film for me. And I thought if you go to see this trailer and you saw it and you're like, oh, I want to go see this movie and you went to see the movie... I can't believe you could walk out of the theater disappointed because it delivered exactly what it said. It, it delivered on what it advertised. Right. And it, and it didn't spoil anything. Cause you don't know the specifics. Like, you know, do I think it was a perfect trailer? No. Do I think a perfect movie? Absolutely not. But at least you weren't like let down cause you should know what you're kind of getting into. Yeah. yeah. So th- those are my, those are my positives. <laughs> those are not, um, not, those aren't really great positives. Not glowing, no. <laughs> Um, but you know, for a film like this that hinges so much on action, at least I'm saying it was well like shot or whatever. Basically, you know, for me, this movie ahead. just didn't Knock just down, didn't Chris. deliver on anything close to being a plot. Um, the acting was, you know, 
for the most part, kind of subpar. So does the movie have to have a plot? <laughs> no, it doesn't. And it doesn't. Okay. And th- these are, these are my complaints. A movie doesn't have to have a plot. Um, Holy Motors, which I've referenced or talked about on another foot candle episode that didn't have a plot, but if you're not going to have a plot, you have to do things that keep me interested to me. The bat, the first battle or so was interesting, but then after that it was all the same. It was like a video game, except in a video game, usually like the creatures look different. I felt like it was, it was kind of dark. Mm. Okay, and they're fighting underwater sometime. They're doing, but it was like, they were always a lot. It just, the monsters, I couldn't differentiate the monsters. Really? Okay. No, and, and, I, problem with and I felt like it was just the same thing happening over and over and over again. And kind of like a video game, sometimes they just increase the numbers. And it was like, oh, now they're two, now they're three, oh no. And it was like, okay, this isn't interesting to me. It's just, no. it, it didn't. And at one point there was a kind of like a, a riff on the Godzilla being able to spit, like I think Godzilla spits radiation fire or something out of his mouth. Not really clear. Don't really remember. Yes. But there's something that a monster does and you're like oh okay this is a differentiator here it's spitting blue gook or whatever <laughs> and you're like okay yeah. so but you know I, and so the action sequences even though I thought they were well done as far as being clear as what was going on I just felt like they were very repetitive and so there was nothing to keep me interested in the movie okay um, and I feel like okay does the movie have to have a plot no but if you're not somehow make it interesting whether it being creative well, or then dynamic. it could have been a visually interesting thing for you and if you feel like all the fight scenes were repetitive then from a visual standpoint there's not a lot there and I feel like the movie was very predictable too. Oh, yeah. like you know Absolutely. in the opening scenes which you've referenced not yeah. spoiling anything guy loses his brother uh oh it takes two people to run the thing how's he gonna do then this beautiful, attractive Asian lady is introduced. And you're like, okay. Which she was. Beautiful. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she has a fun name. I can't like Kuchiko or something like that. It's how you, the actress's Mac- name. Oh, Rinko. Rinko Kukuchi. I mean, hey, yeah. that's fun. No, yeah. I mean, she was really good too. I thought so she was really good. In the there, was like, there were so many like predictable little things. It was very so. predictable. Yes. I think the problem here, Chris, is that, Neither of us is going to win the debate of whether this is a good film or not. It's because, kind of a it's kind of a perfect movie. It's bulletproof. Well, because you, Mr. Chris Fry, when the makers of this film plotted out this film and chose their target demographic, it won't me. It wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> so nope. Your picture didn't pop up anywhere on their target <laughs> board. Yes, it's going to love <laughs> this. Me, however. Yeah, I probably was on the radar there. It's like, oh, guy likes monster movies. Guys like uh, guys like big big robot movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's our target market. Go after him. Well, and see, so I, would... I was much more forgiving about right. things because I thought the fun premise of the movie, the visual spectacle, which I did enjoy, and I I did enjoy watching this more than any other CGI based movie I've seen in a really long time. Hmm. So I enjoyed it, um, but there were some some issues. Absolutely, I think the lack of plot. Yeah, it was a very flimsy plot and it was or, very predictable. Even if um, it even if it had been more plot with like not even twists and turns but more development, even if it had been predictable, at least that would have made me interested and wanting to follow along. It was just non-existent plot and like well, predictable. Can I ask and I'm afraid I'm afraid I'm probably going to know the answers on a lot of these, but <laughs> let me just ask. Sure, anyway. sure. So some of the stars of the film you know, oh. I already mentioned Charlie Hunnan, who I already told you. Yeah, I don't think he worked at all as a lead guy. Gotcha. I just thought he was bland. He was kind of dumb. He was ridiculously rugged, handsome all the time, no matter yeah. what. And it just it was too much. Sure. Um, so no, he he did not work for me at all. Then you did have Rinko Kikuchi, um, mm-hmm. starring as Mako, who is also in training to be one of the the uh, the big robot pilot people Fighter controller. People. Yeah. I liked her a lot. I thought she was really good. I, I thought she was good. And yeah. she's been in, I don't know whether she was in Babel or something. She's been in some other movie that okay. I've seen, or maybe she was in one of the Kill Bill movies. I, I've seen her before. I recognize her. in Babel. Name. I don't know. I think, yeah, but she, she was really good. But I yeah, thought, I, I, thought I thought she, she was, did for what great, she had to do, she did She had a job. more nuanced role to play, and I thought it was well done. Sure. Um, Idris Elba, um, who was Stacker. Stacker Pentecost. Stacker Pentecost, <laughs> which right away. You got me with the name. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. I knew you were going to groan with him. It's the camp factor. you were going to groan with him because, yes, he is the campiest character in the film. It is the, I got to stand up and say the most macho, 
rah rah oh, cheerleading speech. speeches. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you know, the intro to this segment was going to be me reading his entire speech because awesome. it was so painful. Oh, but, you know, it canceling painful. the apocalypse. Which oh, my is also kids in the love trailer. that. They've been saying that all around the house all the time. <laughs> We're going you know, to cancel get, the apocalypse. They get called in for dinner. It's like it's time to cancel the apocalypse <laughs> for no reason. I mean, it doesn't even make sense why they say it, why but not? they do. I I liked him. I thought he was fun. Yes, it was. You knew exactly where it was going to go. I, th- I think he did a good job with what he was given, <laughs> but you know I, he wouldn't give him very much. Well, let me ask you. So we got two characters. I am curious about your take on this one. Okay, pause for just a second. Let me go on record. I'm not against camp. I just want it done well or you interestingly. You can be camp well. like in a way. Some of the camp that was going on in Dark Shadows, mm-hmm. which we've also talked about in the mm-hmm. past, that camp was like done well. It just like the movie as a whole didn't work. But okay. you know, do you understand kind of what oh, yeah, I'm no, going I, for? I, I totally okay. get you. I understand. You're not, I don't want to be seen as the gloom really and doom camp. art you're house just, guy. <laughs> you're just saying that the camp here was not, it wasn't in a well done film. So it just didn't work in general. Right. Um, all right. So we have sure. two guys, Charlie day, who's normally a, Comedian, uh, always sunny in Philadelphia. Okay, um, and I'm trying th- to think of some other films he's been in. He's done some animated stuff. He does the Doctor or whatever. One of the professors. He people. is Doctor Newton Geisler. Okay, he's the one that figures out that you can actually mind meld with a kaiju, which is the monsters, the name they gave the monsters. Um, and he's got like our, an associate, <laughs> Gottlieb, played by Bern Gorman. Those two um, guys, that that whole subplot had a potential to be interesting to mm-hmm. me, but somehow, I think because they were straining so hard to make them be the comedic re- comedic relief or be funny, that it just kind of confused me. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I I think Charlie Day's funny, and I had I had fun still watching him throughout. Yeah, he, he kind of got lost in the shuffle towards the end, and they were brought in as kind of a, there's the whole uh, Dozek machine thing where it's like you need like a quick resolution to something really thick. And all of a sudden, they drop it in your lap at the end to be able right. to fix the whole problem. Well, that's that's what these guys brought to the table, and it was very predictable. And but I, I still kind of had fun with their interactions. It was very over the top and campy. And I kept fun. thinking the other guy was um, the one who played McFly in Back to the Future, oh, uh, Crispin yeah, yeah. Glover. I kept yeah. thinking it was him. It's not. He's got him, a very but, Crispin Glover feel, but it's and not, he has a look to him, yeah, but it's, but it's, but not, it's him. not him. But. So Chris, you're you're not a big fan, huh? No, and I, you know, I. I wish I, – I think because I've gone on record saying I like science fiction. Mm-hmm. And so the trailer made me think it was going to be a mess. But I was like, you know, who knows? Maybe this will be my – the latest Prometheus. Although I knew it probably wouldn't be that. Oh, but I yeah. thought it would at least be a science fiction movie that I could really appreciate. And sadly, no. So you just <laughs> didn't really get that any real satisfaction out of it at all? No. And I'll, I'll say one other note that kind of irritated me too. And there again, it's the target market. You know, yeah. this guy has made two Hellboy films, uh, Guillermo del Toro. He's made mm-hmm. two Hellboy films. He made Pan's Labyrinth. So he has Ron Perlman in there as a scene chewing, like not a smuggler, but he's a, a dealer of he's a dealer uh, kaiju of parts, ki- <laughs> you know, like parts of these creatures after they get killed and they fall on the streets. He got, he has people that go and raid stuff the bodies, from them, the, the body corpses. parts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all that. Yeah. yeah. And he just, every time he was on screen, I was just, I was rolling my eyes. It was like, he was just there to like wink, wink. Hey guys, I was in Hillboy and now I'm being, playing this gruff guy here. And I, I, uh, that, yeah. that was also a, you know, you're not going to disagree on this. Obviously I'm not, if, if you can tell by me, I'm not like getting offended by you disagreeing with it. Cause I do see there are faults with the movie. There are real problems. And if I wasn't such a fan of the genre and the type, Got you. I would probably be a lot more negative on it. So I'm not staunchly fighting you on this and telling you that you're wrong. I'm just saying, I think you and I belong to two different camps <laughs> when it comes to this kind of movie. Sure. And where I am a little more forgiving and have enjoyment in certain parts of this, you do not on this type of film, you know, so that's where, that's where I think our differences are. Agreed. See, I'm being a lot more, we're just being cordial today. You know, <laughs> we're just, we're just, we're on the same page. We're in, we're, we're fighting the same good fight here, man. You know, we just see this one differently. It's all, it's all okay. I, I, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> now, Let's move on to our next film. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the film, the latest Ryan Gosling opus, Only God Forgives. I know it's hard for you. You've lost your brother. Did you get the guy that did it? It's a little more complicated than that, mother. There was someone else involved, and Billy was killed. Oh. 
some coke. If the tables were turned, your brother would have found you a killer. Time to meet the devil. Want to fight? Nicholas Winding Refn. Now, is it winding or winding? <sighs> winding. I, I don't know. I'm not sure either, but. Uh, just a few years ago, brought us a film called Drive Absolutely. that I took my sweet little time getting around to seeing. <laughs> but um, you did get to see it. I did get to see it. I okay. saw it just last year. Okay. So I hadn't seen it when it first came out. Sure. But after it had been available online for a while, I finally got around to seeing it. Gotcha. That starred Ryan Gosling as the driver. I don't think we ever learned his name in the film. Uh, yeah, I don't think uh, you did. Kind of a mysterious character with a little bit of mysterious past. And we get wrapped up in his world for a short period of time where he comes into contact with a girl and her child. And he's got uh, some encounters with a, a, a bad guy who mm-hmm. does some bad things. And it was a very moody film. It was yes. very much style. And it was interesting use of music. Yes. Some t- moments of tension. And then also brilliant moments of violence, you know, it, it flashing up at time too. Yeah. And I'm saying brilliant is not in terms of it being necessarily good, just very kind of in your face, very like a static type of use of right. violence in a way. So J- jarring, jarring is a good word. Let me, let me change that to jarring. Sure. All right. So now we have a film called only God forgives that Mr. Uh, Winding Riffin, however you pronounce it, mm-hmm. both wrote and directed as well. Starring Ryan Gosling again. We also this time have Chris and Scott Thomas as his mother, Crystal and boy, you can kill me on the name on this Chang, uh, played by Vathaya Panzrama. Pandram? Okay. I butchered it, and I apologize yeah, this, this, to everybody this, out there. Uh, yeah, 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 it's yeah, a sure. tough one. It's yes, a very it tough one. Basically, this takes place in Bangkok. Uh, a little bit uh, talking about Julian, who's a drug smuggler living in Bangkok's criminal underworld. Also involved with some of the uh, underground Thai fighting going on there in Thailand. Sees his life get even more complicated when his mother compels him to find and kill whoever's responsible for his brother's recent death. Now, Chris, with this film... I don't know. I don't remember your take on Drive. If you liked it, if you didn't like it, I don't remember you having a very strong opinion either way. I could be wrong on that. But I'm curious, having seen Dr- Drive, mm-hmm. knowing it's the same actor, the same writer-director pairing, mm-hmm. um, some of the same style carried over, but a completely different setting. Uh, is this a? Is this is this car driving? Up the hill mm. and, and accelerating, or is this car starting to decline and, and, and drop down the hill here? Well, I saw Drive in the theater with my fiance at the time, now my mm. wife. Okay. Um, interesting experience. Sure. I will say that watching Only God Forgives, I was like, you know, you know, I was telling her, yeah, I'm going to watch this movie. I was like, and you know what? I think you should sit this one out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she did. And mm-hmm. I'm glad she did. That being said, my response to Drive, just quickly, was I liked the film, but um, I found the violence kind of troubling. Yes. But um, and some of the tone of the film was kind of strange. But I admired it for the cinematography and for several different things. Only God forgives. I find it troubling as well in that the violence. Not that I, I, I'm not really sure what he's going for, how what he wants to portray, how he wants us to feel about what he's showing us on screen. But I the cinematography in the film is just amazing and not only just the cinematography but the lighting in this film specifically Mm -hmm. and the way things are lit and the colors is just amazing i mean it's like to me it's like if malik started using lots of colors instead of just using pretty scenery which he does really well when he has films this just the colors are just crazy like a kaleidoscope of colors i really really appreciated that the lighting and the, the visuals and everything and Performance-wise, I feel like in this film, yeah, Ryan Gosling's performance in Drive Mm -hmm. versus his performance in this movie, I think basically the same performance. It is the same performance in that it's a non-performance, right? (laughs) I mean, mean, he's very subtle, doesn't say a lot, doesn't have a lot of dialogue, doesn't have a lot of expressions on his face. But I don't think he's doing a bad job. He's just playing a very similar character, whether that's the fault of him accepting the role or the director not writing any more of an interesting part. That being said, I still think both movies are interesting and worth seeing. You just need to be aware that there's a lot of violence going on. Mm -hmm. I think if you had to say Drive works better because there's a little bit more of an emotion as far as he's trying to help the girl with the child and you feel like there's some redeeming qualities to the characters. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this movie, 
there's not really any nice guys. They're like oh, all no. the people seem to be very despicable, have very be very troubled. It's a very dark movie. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you don't like violence, you don't like movies that make you feel bad, <laughs> don't don't see this. Yeah. But all of that being said, the performances by I'm going to call him Samurai Cop. But okay, you yeah. said his name was Chang. Chang. Okay. Yes. I loved his performance. Yeah. I really liked him. I'll and give you that. Mm-hmm. Kristen Scott Thomas, I've never really been a big fan of hers. I didn't like her in um, English Patient. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care for her in Sarah's Key. In this, I thought she was awesome. Like giving yeah. a performance, you know, she's, granted she's very over the top, and but I, I, I thought it really worked as the mother, as Julian's mother. Yes. I thought she was amazing. And then just the. This movie to me was very much an experience of style. Mm-hmm. And having come off seeing Pacific Rim, I appreciated this. I mean, totally different type of movie, but this is kind of a target market movie for me. It's like showing a lot of style, an interesting story, a lot of things you have to kind of figure out on your own and be unsure about. And to me, this movie was it was like a Western, a Top Gun slash Western movie. <laughs> or not Top Gun, mm. but... Um, cause you have the top gun. No, no, no. That's Pacific Rim. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, but it's a Western as if Stanley Kubrick had made it and you have the violence of Tarantino and like the odd touches of something like David Lynch would do. And David Lynch specifically, I'm calling him out here with the random karaoke things. That's something like I could totally see David Lynch doing, (laughs) but I can Mm. tell I'm, I'm imagining, I don't, I don't think this film worked for you at all. Uh, I won't say it didn't work at all. There were some redeeming factors and you hit on a couple of them already. I'll go and say, no, the film didn't work for me. Actually drive, was a letdown for me when I saw it because it had been overhyped by everybody. So it was a letdown for me. This was even further down the path where Mm. I just, I really, to me, it was, it was the style became so much more important to the people making this film that I think everything else suffered because of it. Um, I did like the look of the film. I agree with you. The lighting, the colors, the cinematography, really, really impressive. Okay. And I also really liked Chris and Scott Thomas. Okay. And I liked, the gentleman playing Chang, the samurai cop, samurai cop, the <laughs> gentleman who carries a sword with him everywhere he goes. And yet you never see it. Right. It just until kind of like he's pulls it out. Ready, yeah. He's like Voltron. He pulls There's, it out of his back. Those two performances were great. And the look of the film was great. My problem, I think it all has to do to come down to pacing and over style. Oh um, man. The pacing on this, I'm sorry, this is a, a 90 minute movie mm-hmm. that, could have easily been done in 25. <laughs> oh, I, yes, man, I disagree. No, with no. That. How many scenes are we sitting there just watching Ryan Gosling stare off into the distance for a long period of time? Way too long. And I, I felt like those scenes were well lit and interestingly oh, shot. Sure. So they didn't, they, so they didn't bore me, Chris, but there were a lot of scenes of look at for the first three, four seconds. But then it's like, <laughs> okay, I've, I'm, I got it. He's staring off into the space. Or, he's brooding. He's brooding. I, and it's the same facial expression on Ryan Gosling. Every single shot they show. I'm, I get it. They're, they're going for this silent, mysterious type of character type of thing, but I'm sorry. It's just, it almost, almost how we talked about with uh, Malik's latest to the wonder was almost over Malik, you know, okay. it's like Malik, like had no, nothing reining him in. Hmm. That's why I felt like this film was for Ryan Gosling's blank stare, uh, character <laughs> and the over style of it all. Wow. It's just, I think it was almost like you got to put some reins on this thing. You gotta, you gotta steer it and you gotta show us, there's gotta be a reason. Why are you stretching out these shots? Why are you dwelling on these shots? Why are you doing this? I'm not somebody who says that the movie's got to move fast, fast, fast pace at all. Mm-hmm. I like taking its time and being nuanced and, and, and exploring scenes a little bit more. But you got to have a reason for it. You know, there's just got to be a reason for some of the the scenes that you that you throw in well, there. And I, I think my take on that was that the scenes were stretched out because he, Brian Gosling, Julian, his character, was a suffering individual. And the shots were beautiful, but they they lingered because I think they were trying to give you a window into his like stagnant nature of being very very stagnant miserable. A really good word for it. Yeah. <laughs> but he was just he just and well, I I appreciated it and I, I I wasn't now granted if this had been probably a two hour movie that would have made all the difference in the world. Well, that the was fact a, that, that they was kept a saving it, grace for me. The fact that, that they kept it the running time down. Yeah. It's like they knew what they wanted and there was enough kind of strangeness in the plot like these higher killers things don't go very well and like failures keep happening it's kind of like a bad situation where 
his mom's like, go find your brother's killer. And Julian's like, okay. But then he kind of says, okay, you know, I think I'm going to let this be. And like bad decisions keep being made. Yeah. And the title actually, I got, you know, when I was sitting thinking about it, it's, you know, forgiveness and being able to like let go and people release things. And it's like, no one is willing to let anything go. Right. And that causes a lot of problems. Well, because let's be honest, the uh, Julian, the uh, Ryan Gosling's character, his brother does something really bad. Oh yeah. He's a bad person. He's a bad a lot, person. Everybody's a bad, he Julian's a bad probably person. deserved what he got. I, yeah. So in other words, you know, it, that was kind of done. You know, he did something really bad to a, a young girl and he is killed and he gets killed. Right. At that point, it's like, okay, guys, we're, that kind of tied itself up. You know, somebody who did something heinous got the heinous treatment back, done, evened out. But then we've got Julian's mother coming in saying, no, I want revenge. I want, I want whoever killed my son to be taken down. And by her making those actions, then it riles up Samurai Cop again. <laughs> and all of a sudden, everything escalates on both sides. And you're right. I mean, right. it's because of this whole idea we can't say, you know what? A harm was done. The harm was avenged done, you know, because both had to keep ratcheting it up and not let it go. I just, I had a tough time with the film. And there again, as I look back on it, there are moments and scenes I really appreciate it. And I like, I like the messaging. I think it's trying to tell us on stuff. I just, I wish it was done with more of an emphasis on letting people, especially, I guess the Ryan Gosling character, letting him really just dropping the facade, dropping the, the vacant look and let us really explore him as a character instead of positioning him much like they did in Drive. I think they were just trying to do too much of that same character style, and it just didn't work for me this time around. Well, and I've seen – this is the third Refn film for me. I'd also you see Bronson? I'd also seen Bronson. Yeah. And Bronson was kind of – it had a lot of the intense violence, but it had a lot of the style too, and I liked Bronson. And if I had to pick a favorite, it would probably be Bronson. Mm. But um, I think – Winding Refn, unfortunately, I think he might get to be kind of the he's he's going to get pigeonholed into doing his movies are very stylized, but the violence is very stylized in a way that I don't really appreciate. And I'd like to see a better story. Like I'd like for him to take a story that somebody else has written and put his style to it. It'd be interesting to see if he could do a movie without violence. He's like become, yeah. you know, how Wes Anderson has a style and a way mm. of storytelling. It's like he's the Wes Anderson of violence right now, and yeah. I don't. And not like Quentin Tarantino, Django Unchained, he had violence in there. But True. for some reason, Tarantino's gotten a little more mainstream, even with his violence, where it's not the cringing violence like I think uh, like it used to be. Uh, this one is the cr- I mean, it's just well, there were moments where you're like, oh, something bad there, is going to happen right a, now. And there's a specific scene that mm-hmm. I want to kind of talk about, because when I was watching it, I thought Alan is not going to like this scene. I mean, he's really like, I bet he wants to shut the movie off. Which thing was it? And I don't blame you. And I, I thought the, it wasn't consistent with the rest of the movie and it bothered me. It's the, the samurai cop the, having the confrontation scene in the karaoke bar. Oh, the pincushion. Where it's scene. like a, a scene of torture that goes yeah. on. And I just, I really, that actually took the movie down a few notches because it, it's one thing to have violence, but it was just like, it didn't really serve any it purpose. It didn't do anything for no. us other than to show, oh, look, let's see how long we can drag out this And how this many more things, yeah. Scene. Yeah, that, you're right. That scene really I, got I to me. I thought it was and not a, because of violence. I'm not a, 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 against violence in film. I'm not one of those guys that thinks when I see something violent, I got to shut the film off. It's when it's violent for no purpose other than just to show violence. And the, the gore factor, yeah. and it just didn't... Yeah, there's a scene in the karaoke bar. It's about two-thirds or halfway through the movie. And it basically is turns into like a 10 minute just drawn out torture scene of this gentleman. And again, the first act of violence on the guy was enough. It's like, right. I get it. And we already know samurai cop guy is a tough, violent guy. Right. We've already established right. that. And then he turns this guy into a human pincushion at once. And I, I'm like, all right, fine. I get it. He's really, that's bad. And he keeps and going. And then he keeps doing it. And, and I, it I goes felt, back for three or four rounds of violence on that guy. And that, at that point, I'm like, yeah, this is too much. And I felt like it was kind of out of character. I mean, Grant, not a lot of people have dialogue. And he is a Taiwanese actor. I assume he's Asian, at least. But, like, he doesn't really say a lot either. So it's kind of hard to know his character. Kind of like it's hard to know Ryan Gosling's character. Mm-hmm. But I felt like, for what little bit I knew of him, I felt like it was out of character. It's like he did things, but he never 
he crosses a certain line, but he doesn't go like a hundred yards over the line. I don't yeah. know. I felt like that, it was that just scene did strange. bother me. Yeah, you're right. Now I will say, which is something I admired about the film, even that scene that I did not like what was going on it visually, beautiful. it looked beautiful, but the tracking shots mm-hmm. and how they established space in the room of like where people were sitting and he would do like these walks around the room and the camera would follow him mm-hmm. kind of like it was a maze and you'd almost get confused, but then you're like, Oh wait, I see he walked around the room. This yeah. way. like just, you know, visually well, it's just honestly, Chris, I mean the, the visual look of the film and the cinematography and the framing of shots was what kept me engaged enough throughout the film. If it hadn't been for that, and if I was left with Ryan Gosling's vacant stare on every shot and the extreme violence, <laughs> I really wouldn't have had much at all. I mean, I, I very I don't think I've ever walked out of a theater or shut off a movie. I'll see it through to the end, but I would sure. have hated this film if that's what it was. As it is, I didn't hate the film. It's just Man, it's just, you know, take this beautiful looking film and just give me something more. Give me more of a performance, Mr. Gosling, than what you guys <laughs> gave us in Drive. Right. And I think the part of the problem was, too, is our two main characters, Chang and Julian, Samurai Cop Samurai and Cop, Cardboard come on, Guy. Samurai Cop. Neither of them has hardly any dialogue. Right. And they both specialize in vacant stares. Right. The difference is Samurai Cop, his vacant stares scares scare the hell out of you well and he's new we didn't see him in drive so he's new but him i mean his silence worked for him i don't want him saying much at all true julian i needed more Mm -hmm. i needed more out of that character in general now chris i do have to ask you about a couple things and these are somewhat spoiler territory but here's why i feel like it's okay to go into this a i'm telling the audience right now spoiler for the next minute or so i do want to talk about some other little scenes in the film that i have questions about okay I think it's okay to do it now instead of waiting to the end because, A, I don't think many people in our audience are going to see this film. Probably not. Okay. Because it's not in theaters anywhere but around if you, here. But if you don't mind stylized violence and you like to drive, then I would say, you know. If you like to drive, yes. This is more of the same. And if you are more interested in the look of a film right. and the style of it than you are about the plot or performances. Right. Absolutely. This is probably more up your alley. I think I asked a couple questions. So sure. there are some several scenes throughout the film that I'm trying to interpret whether they are, whether they were more in the character's head mm-hmm. versus actually happening. Right. A lot of it has to do with the karaoke bar because <laughs> okay. we see Chang. I thought they were going to have to do with the hallways. Yeah. Some of the Kubrick dolly shots right. in the hallways and stuff. Well, the samurai cop guy likes karaoke. Yes. He sings apparently. probably three times during the film. I want to know if that was dubbed or if he was actually singing. That would be interesting to see. Yeah. But there are a couple scenes where Ryan Gosling's character is in the audience as well. Yes. And I think maybe one of those times he truly was in the audience. Others, I kind of got the impression that that was more of a... Uh, symbolic visuals uh, touch to it. Right. Um, I, I just want to make sure I wasn't off base with that. There were some scenes that it seemed like were pretty clearly happening in people's heads or almost some sort of forecasting the future of the film that weren't really happening. Right. And there's some scenes where he's kind of walking around all these hallways that I think is the boxing facility that he owns. Yeah, or whatever. I was confused by that. And you're not really sure whether he is really walking down the hallways or whether like you're talking, it's like a nightmare or kind of, of flashing forward. More of a uh, mental hallway he's, he's going through. And there's a battle at one point with Samurai, Samurai Cop and Ryan Gosling. And when that battle happens his mom sees it and I wasn't really sure she was really there. Yeah. And I, I think there's sure a lot either. of, and that's what I'm saying. Why I kind of admired the movie is because it wasn't very linear. There's a lot of stuff that's kind of fuzzy and that, that worked for me. I can totally understand okay. why it doesn't work for some people, but that, that worked for me. But you, to answer your question. Yeah. I think some of that was dreams. Some of that okay. was legitimate. It's kind of, I will say the, 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 the fight sequence in the ring between the two was great. I thought that was my favorite part of the film. And it was my favorite part of the film, too. And it was violent, but he didn't emphasize gore or blood. It was just intense. Yeah. And it was a nice, slow build up to it. It was Mm -hmm. a beautiful scene. And you could see what was going on. You could see what was going on. It was very well shot. Yeah. You just followed everything with it. Absolutely. Beautiful logo in the background of like neon The Chinese dragon thingy or whatever. It was just a really well-made scene. I agree. Um, So the other question. Yes. One of the characters die. Well, almost all the characters die. But yeah, one in particular. This, this, this um, is true. One in particular. Spoiler again. Sorry. But you've got the mother character mm-hmm. has an untimely end. Oh, I think it was very timely. Well, she okay, it. timely. But, you know, as far as <laughs> right. the 90-minute uh, running movie, you know. Sure. Right. Ryan character, her son, Julian, oh. finds her. 
Tell me, tell me, we're not going to describe exactly what happens, but I don't want to have to. No, no, I don't exactly. want to describe it, but just tell me, tell me what I should take away from that. Cause that's another, that scene in the violent torture scene are the two that maybe say, Yikes. all right, what am I, what yeah. am I getting out of this? Film? Okay. Violent torture scene. Yeah. That, that I don't have any explanation. I you know, don't agree. The Ryan Gosling with his mother, with his mother, who's dead. Yes. Basically. Yes. And that was a very kind of creepy, unsettling mm-hmm. scene, but and there again, I'm reading into this because you kind of have to. And it was one of the things that, you know, the more I thought about the movie, it made me like it. My take on that was he has always been a mama's boy. Yes. He did whatever his mom told him. He And he got browbeat by his mom a lot, too. Yes. He was kind of, yeah, the, she he was was kind not, of the weak son that she didn't really want. She asked him to do something a long time ago. He did it. And then she's now asking him to do something again. And she just, you know, some acts of violence. And she just just gives him heck. She's just is very, very, very mean to him. But at the end, my take on that scene was he realizes she is now dead. She is now gone. And it was kind of him wanting to like return to the womb in a weird way. Um, well, that's what I took from it. And, but, but it's, it's very unsettling and very yeah, graphic it's and it's, just, it's, it's creepy, but that, and I think it, that kind of ties in with there again, the title again about forgiveness. And he, there again, I guess kind of spoiler alert, Samurai Cop likes to hack people's hands off. Yes. And he has a chance to do that to Gosling and doesn't. He could have at some point. I mean, he you know, in the, the battle, like the battle scene oh, thing. Oh, the fight scene. The fight yes. scene. But he at could've. the end. Well, well, maybe. But I think my interpretation, and there again, who knows? It's kind of dream. Mm. But I think Julian is trying to finally create a new life or like, try to say, okay, I am asking for forgiveness. I want to get out of this. And he not only presents one hand, but both of his hands to Samurai Cop and is like, okay, cut him off. Hmm. I, but there again, that's kind of my interpretation. I, I didn't have a problem know. with the, the ending sequence because I liked it being ambiguous. I liked sure. it being well, all it's of a sudden we're out, in a, yeah. out, we're out in a forest and we're not really sure what's going to happen. And I like the fact that it kind of cuts before we do, we know for sure. Mm-hmm. I liked all that. I thought that all worked for me. I just, the, the mother scene, <laughs> yeah, still the had mother. to think about that one a little bit. That right. one was a tough one to swallow. Sure. The torture scene I thought was just way over the top, way too long with no point. And it was out of character with Samurai Cop as well. I agree. Samurai yeah. Cop seems like more of the silent, cut their hands off, slash them up and be, be done with them. Right. And to, for him to drag out this torture of this guy for so long when I think he already knew what what was going on. He didn't need that guy to tell him. Yeah, anymore he's, he he's more, even though he is violent, he's civilized in his yeah, violence and it's harsh. That and that was just too crazy. Much. Yeah. So I had some real misgivings with the film. I do see some good things in there. It was enough to keep me at least watching it and, sure. you know, engaged in it, but I just didn't enjoy myself afterwards. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But Chris, it sounds like you, you appreciate it on a much higher level. I did appreciate the movie. It's, but it is, it, it's hard for me to say I liked it because it is so troubling. Well, I think it's a well-made movie, but the violence is troubling and it's the way it made me feel. I wouldn't say it's an enjoyable. It's kind of a one-time. There are no movie. good characters in this film. No, people. No. Okay. So if you're one of those people that like to watch movies that you can root for somebody, you've got nobody here in this film. Right. They're uh, hard even, people to spend time with. Even Julian, who you could say is maybe somewhat the hero. Now he's got his own problems and issues as well. So. Well, and the, the, the karaoke torture scene that was my problem is I was kind of thinking I like Samurai Cop yeah. until that scene. And I was like, I mean, yeah, he's very violent and does justice kind of his own way, but he was an interesting character and I kind of liked him in a way, but then with that scene made me yeah. not like him at all. <laughs> so very interesting responses here on only God forgives. Uh, it is even at the time of recording, it is on iTunes, even yes. though it's doing limited theater release, it is available on iTunes. Now it's one of those movies that, went straight to digital pretty quickly. Like it's the same time as theatrical release. So you can watch it now. iTunes right away at home. Uh, if you choose to do that, it's an interesting film. I'll give you that much, but it is for a diff certain type of person that really wants this certain type of film to close it out. Alan, yeah. I think the last time we had an independent movie that we chose that not a lot of people had heard of, it was inside the mind of Charles Swan, the third. Mm. And I remember after that, you were like, Chris, I believe you were the one who kind of pivoted us towards this movie. I'm like, mm. yeah, it was me. And I kind of had to, this movie. I think we both were talking about, it, but I was kind of saying, I kept saying like, are we going to review? Are you okay with having seen it? I mean, are you glad, I'm glad you saw, I saw it, it. Okay. again? Because there was enough in there that I liked. Okay. It's just it was outweighed by a lot of things that really didn't work for me and really frustrated me. Okay. Uh, but no, I'm glad I saw it. And 
a whole lot better than Charles Swan. That's <laughs> okay. for sure. Okay. Uh, although both, in a way, suffer from some level of pretentiousness, I think. I think, in a way, this is a very pretentious film for, for, for uh, Refn. Yeah. And I think that's why style kind of overpowered it and it got on my nerves because it was almost like I'm more interested in this slow tracking shot and Ryan Gosling's beautiful stoic face than mm-hmm. I am about what's really happening in the film. That bothered me. And I think that's the same thing that got on me about Charles Swan. It was almost pretentious. Let's make this as quirky as possible because that's just what we were going to do and we're good enough and smart enough to do that. Gotcha. So it kind of had the same issue on both films. Okay. Yeah. All right. Whew. Actually, I think we talked longer about Only God Forgives than we did Pacific Rim. That's very interesting. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk some news. More specifically, it's time to geek out, Chris. Okay. Comic-Con. I can do that. <laughs> the comic book convention that has now morphed into basically a movie sci-fi adventure uh, convention. Had a lot of movie news. We're going to geek out. We're going to put on our superhero under ruse. And we're going to talk about movies that were announced at Comic-Con. When we come back as well as we're going to give our recommendations for the episode of online movie you ought to be checking out. Stay tuned. Still a lot to go here on Foot Candle Films. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. Welcome back to Foot Candle Films. We just did our discussions on Pacific Rim and Only God Forgives, a huge high-dollar, big-budget spectacle playing in theaters all across the nation, (laughs) and then a film that went straight to iTunes and probably nobody listening to this podcast has seen. Probably not. If they have, I can count them on one hand. So nice. (laughs) If it's not chopped off by Samurai Cop. (laughs) Oh, very nice. Very (laughs) nice, Chris. So a little, a little split review discussion there. Let's move on to some news. And as I mentioned, we are going to geek out a little bit here, Chris. Excellent. Um, I do like my superhero movies. I do like my adaptations of those films. So I, I was following Comic-Con. That's the comic book convention that happened in San Diego just about uh, two weeks ago. Okay. I was following it with a lot of interest because I, I do like to see where they're going with some of these franchise characters and some of these things. So let me run down some of the announcements, get okay. your reaction to them, see what you think, and let's talk about you know if we think these could be some interesting choices or ideas or not. Um, let me start off with kind of one that you're probably not at all excited about, but I'm going to throw it out there because it was a big announcement sure. at the event. Uh, they did at least release the title of the next Avengers movie. Okay. So it's going to be called Avengers 2. Shocker. Electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> no, probably not. Oh, you're killing me, Chris. Uh, it is The Age of Ultron. Now, mm. let me give you a little background because I can already hear my audience's eyes glazing over. Like, <laughs> Age what of is Ultron. Oh, no. Uh, Ultron is a robot. Okay. Very famous in the Avengers lore. Okay. Created by one of the Avengers, uh, not one that's in the current movies. He is a robot that has basically taught himself how to be self-aware, uh, uh, and okay. now he... He feels like he has to remove anybody that's imperfect from the world, which means all human beings. Okay. So, anyway. Call the Avengers. <laughs> yep. So that seems to be the next big movie thing for the Avengers. That's going to be in 2015, I believe. Okay. So still two years off from now. So they haven't um, started shooting or anything? I don't believe so. I okay. could be wrong on that. But Whedon's the head of it. Whedon's all over it. He's okay. still writing and directing this okay. thing. Um, and in the meantime, they have a TV show that's going to be starting this fall what? called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and that stars uh, the same gentleman who played Agent Coulson in the Avengers film. He died. Yes, he did. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure that, I mean, I didn't like the movie, but I didn't think I glazed over that much. No, no, he died in the movie. Okay. Um, he's alive in the TV show. Okay. Yeah, they're supposed to re- uh, reveal how that's possible pretty early on. I mean, in comic books, yeah, I guess. people die and come back to life all the time. Okay. It's kind of, actually, you're kind of surprised if somebody stays dead for pretty long. So <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so anyway, we do have Avengers 2, Age of Ultron is going to be there. Now, you weren't a big fan of the Avengers movie. I no. liked it quite a bit. So again, uh, not, not your cup of tea. You probably aren't going to be rushing out to buy the early advanced screening ticket of Avengers 2 when it comes out. Yeah. Um, but me, I, I enjoy the Avengers film. I think it's got potential to get better as a franchise uh, now that they've gotten some of the ground-laying stuff out of the way. 
question. Yeah. And you may not know the answer, but I'm going to throw it out there just because I've been curious. Is Iron Man going to be in this movie? Uh, that's a good question. Because Iron Man 3 is kind of like, put a bow on it, I'm done. Supposedly, uh, Robert Downey Jr. has said that you know he may be done playing Iron Man, but the talks have been that he may still be involved in the Avengers as Tony Stark. Okay. So for whatever that's worth. So I don't okay. know. There's a lot of misdirection going on whether he's really going to be involved or not. I think he's just holding out for a really good paycheck for Avengers 2. So hmm. uh, but we'll see. Interesting. Um, they are supposedly okay. announcing a couple more characters that they're adding to the mix of the Avengers. But um, I think we've got Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch, who are brother and sister. Interesting note. I don't know who Quicksilver is. Can I get really geeky here I don't know who Quicksilver is other than a, a brand of surf clothing. But I know Scarlet Witch, I've heard of her. She was on I my get lunchbox really, when Can I, was I get a kid? really, really geeky for Absolute, a second? Okay, absolutely. Here's what's interesting. Okay. So Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are mutants. Brother and sister. Okay. They are the children of Magneto from oh. the X-Men movies. Oh. Okay. Now, here's interesting. what's interesting. But they're good guys. Yeah. Or are they? they are, no, they, they are. are. Okay. Um, X-Men, the property for movies, is owned by Fox. Fox has the rights to do all the X-Men movies with all the X-Men characters. You've got Disney slash Marvel mm. with the Avengers. Mm. Now, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver technically are Avengers. In the comics, they are Avengers. But they're Magneto's children. So they're mm. also somehow involved. So with how are they going to reference that? Can they reference that? They legally? can't reference the mutant connection in the Avengers movie. But here to make it even more interesting, hmm. Brian Singer, who is doing the new X-Men movie coming out next year, which is uh, Days of Future Past. Two? He did the first two. Okay. He left, did not do the third one. And did not do First Class, which is the one that came out a couple years ago, which I really liked. Right, as did uh, I. This is kind of the follow-up to First Class. And what's the call? What's Days it? of Future Past. Um, can they get any more confusing in <laughs> Well, their Days titles? of Future Past is another big storyline from the X-Men, which was really popular. It involves time travel. It involves mutants, X-Men from the future. Do they have anybody with Lost working on this script? Because if not, they probably should. Uh, they may be dead, yeah. Okay. Um, future X-Men in a dystopian future, mm. send somebody back to the past to warn 70s X-Men that, hey, you need to stop this dude from doing this because it totally like screws us over 20 years from now. Days of future past. Yes. Yeah, if you tell any, if you mention I think it to that any makes X-Men my head fan, hurt. I know, if you mention it to any X-Men fan, it they, sounds, they'll it geek sounds out. It's really good. It's a really good story. Uh, supposedly that's what they're adapting for this film. So I'm already branching off into X-Men, but that's okay. Cause that was one of the ones I was going to mention okay. too. This X-Men film they're doing. Okay. We both like first class Absolutely. because I just thought great actors, great performances, good mm-hmm. story. It was, it was a good action movie. Uh, it kind of stayed away from some of the typical superhero, dumb action movie tropes. <laughs> and it was actually a smart action film. Yeah. I liked it. Well, so now Brian Singer has come back to X-Men and he's doing this new one. Now, okay. this new one is going to be a bridge between the two X-Men groups. Hmm. Okay. Because you're going to have Wolverine, uh, Magneto as an older man, the uh, Ian McKellen, Ian McKellen version, okay. the Patrick Stewart version of Professor X. Got you. Are all in the future. Okay. You've got the guys, uh, Fassbender, mm-hmm. McAvoy, mm-hmm. playing them in the 70s. Man, this is going to be, I mean, not that they're already not expensive movies, but just acting wise. Oh, no. Get this. Are they going to have just Everybody. like flashlights as special effects and stuff yeah. so they can afford it? Everybody from both both movie chains are going to be in this film. Yeah, that's, man. Hugh that's Jackman as Wolverine, Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen as uh, Magneto, and then you've got uh, Halle Berry as Storm. Oh, yeah. You've got, um, God, who else was there? Oh, uh, Anna Paquin as yeah, Rogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all in that future timeline. Wow. And then you're going to have McAvoy, Fastbender. The guy who played Beast is actually kind of like getting to be a bigger star now too. He was, uh, he's been in a couple movies recently. Okay. Uh, he was in that Jack the Giant Slayer movie. Okay. He was the star of that one. And hmm. then you've got, oh, and you've got a uh, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence playing Mystique. So wow. they're all in this thing. I mean, wow. it's like a huge cast. Hmm. I'm nervous about it because I think anytime you throw that many characters in there, how can you possibly get a good story out of it? But We'll see. Brian Singer's track record, not stellar in recent years. The first two X-Men I thought were really well made and but good. But he made the Superman movie, right? He made Superman Returns. Not Man of Steel, but the one from 2006, Superman Returns. Gotcha. Not good. Uh, he <laughs> okay. made Jack the Giant Slayer, which I heard middling things about. Okay. He made Valkyrie, which Tom Cruise, which I never saw, but I heard middling things about that as Let's well. Let's just blame that on Tom Cruise. I mean, yeah. Why not? So, I don't know where this is going to go. This sure. could be a nightmare. This could be a catastrophe for everybody involved. 
Okay, what else do I want to geek on next? All right, let's go over to um, let's go over to the other side of the pond. We've been okay. talking the Marvel characters a little bit. Okay, let's go talk some DC characters a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm a DC guy. All right, so like. Man of Steel. Uh, we talked about that last episode. Uh, I believe so. I did not like it. Oh no, two episodes ago. I you think, yeah. you liked it. I, I did. did not so much. They're announcing they are making a sequel. And it is going to be Zack Snyder at the helm again, which I'm not too happy about that, but okay. that's fine. So they are going to make a sequel. I actually think the Superman universe they set up in Man of Steel is a good universe to set up. And I'm actually more excited about the sequel to that movie, okay. even though I did not like the movie, the first one. Okay. Because I think they got all the origin stuff out of the way. I'm looking forward to, to growing that universe. I think that's a good move. Okay. But they came and made a one-drop big announcement that the next uh, Man of Steel movie uh, is actually going to be Superman versus Batman. Okay. Yeah, now here's where things get interesting. Superman, not Superman and Batman, Superman versus yes. Batman. Yes. Okay. It is going to be, and they said basically their choices for title are either Batman versus Superman or Superman versus Batman. <laughs> so it's pretty clear cut. It's going to be a battle to some degree. Wow. Now I'll tell you, because this is what happens in every comic book you read, two heroes fight because of some misunderstanding. Sure. But then they can become friends and they battle the bad guy at the end. So I'm guaranteed that's what's going to happen here, some degree. Now, here's where things are questionable as well. Is it going to be running off the whole Dark Knight thing? Well, that's what people don't know. Because there's a huge, crazy battle in that that's really good. Well, I know. But remember, the Dark Knight uh, graphic novel you're referring to, the Frank Miller version, Mm -hmm. has them both as older, like many years down the road. Right, Right. Basically, Batman's gone into retirement. He comes out of retirement as a much older man, probably like in his 50s. Something like that. And he has a fight with Superman, which is great. They actually read a passage from that book when they made the announcement. Hmm. That's how they made the announcement. They had an actor from Man of Steel come up and read a line of dialogue from the Dark Knight Returns graphic novel relating to the Batman-Superman relationship. Wow. So now everybody's wondering, what are they going to do here? Henry Cavill is going to be the next Superman in the next movie. Huh. He's the one from Man of Steel. So they're not aging him. He's not going to be an older Superman. Yeah. See, the, the biggest problem with that announcement to me is who's going to play Batman? Well, they don't know. Christian Bell's already said he's not doing it anymore. Right. He's done. He said he did this trilogy. Again, we've had done. people play Batman, but recently, since the whole reboot thing, it's been Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. So now I can tell you my crazy. Michael Keaton? Then let me tell you my crazy idea. Because he'd be older than him. Yeah, Keaton. but I, I got a better one. Hmm. All right, and just stick with me for a little bit. We're kind of we're going off the deep end here, the new segment. Hey, I hope why not? if anybody's still listening to this <laughs> after this last 10 minutes. I told you we were going to geek out for a few minutes. Absolutely. Don't worry, we'll get to another art house film or something in yeah. a minute. Probably we'll do our recommendations. recommendations. We'll get that. Okay, so here's what I think they ought to do with Batman. Okay. What was the worst Batman movie that's ever been made? Well, that was Batman and Robin with George Clooney. With George Clooney. Yeah. But was that George Clooney's fault? No. I actually think George Clooney was a good Batman in a horrible movie. Yeah. What if you did play Batman as an older Batman against this new Superman guy? And what if you gave George Clooney a chance at redemption to show that he can actually play Batman after all? Oh, and yeah, that would be amazing. That would be really cool, wouldn't it? Yes. Have like a younger Superman guy with this older, more grizzled Batman guy. And give George Clooney a chance to say that, you know what? I was a good Batman and I'm going to wipe the the taste of Batman and Robin out of everybody's mouth. You know, (laughs) I think that'd be awesome. That, that, so Zack Snyder is the director of this movie. Yes. Mm. I know that could be a little bit, even though I liked man of steel, but I don't know how you would do with a Batman themed film. Right. I'm afraid we're going to have a Batman. That's a lot more CGI, a lot more over the top, a lot more actiony than what we've been used to with Hmm. the Christopher Nolan series. Of course he did dark with Watchmen, which yeah, but it's true. Yeah, that kind of worked. Yeah, you're right. He did okay with that. Interesting. Okay. Chris, we've geeked out enough. Okay. (laughs) So basically there was some big announcements at the Comic-Con about superhero films. I'm excited about all of them. I'm nervous about several of them. Uh, You, I know are a little more tempered about with your emotions on them, but for those of you listening, some interesting times ahead. 2015 is going to be an interesting summer because we're going to have Avengers 2. We're going to have Star Wars. Oh. Yeah. 2015, eh? And then there's also a few other big movies coming out that same year, too. 2015 summer is going to be big. <laughs> big. It's going to be crazy, I think. So. Hmm. I think that's when Avengers and Star Wars both come out is 2015. Wow, that's crazy. I think that's right. 
please write in and tell me if I'm yeah. wrong. I think that's the huh. deal. Cool. Okay, so Chris, let's yes. move on to our recommendations, and maybe okay. we've got something that's not superhero or giant robot in, infused for our recommendations. Is that the case with yours? It is. It is. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll go first with my recommendation. Please. And um, I'm just going to give a little hint. A song kind of does it best. Okay. The sky is blue and all the leaves are green. The sun's as warm as a baked potato. I think I know precisely what I mean. When I say it's a spectacle day as I rise. Okay. Don't remind me. I'm, it sounds familiar. No, it probably sounds familiar to you because you think that sounds like the South Park guy, but yet I don't remember that song in Bigger, Longer, Uncut, the animated South Park movie they did. Okay, yes. Well, that's because this was Trey Parker's first project, I think. I don't know if he went to film school or whatever, but it was it's from Cannibal the Musical <laughs> that came out in 19... 19- yes, I remember that. Came out in 1993. It's available for streaming on Netflix. So you're going to recommend this? I'm going to recommend it. Okay, tell me why. The production quality is bad, but it is funny. You know, it's supposed to be a comedy. It is a comedy. It does have gross-out moments of cannibalism and all the things. You know, the South Park guys are famous for offending people. This movie does the same thing, but it's funny. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a true test with any comedy with me is how many times did I laugh? I laughed several times, even though they had no money making it, it is still well worth watching and it is funny. And one of the things the South Park guys do well, clearly South Park movie had funny, funny songs. They have made a Broadway play book of Mormon Mm -hmm. that I haven't seen, but I have heard is hilarious. And this was some of their first attempts at trying to make music. Does it have as many memorable songs? No, but that first song that I just I just mm-hmm. played, I could not get that out of my head. Wow! After I saw the film, very interesting. So, so Cannibal the movie, uh, Cannibal the, mu- okay, oh, the musical. Okay, excuse me, Cannibal expl- <laughs> exclamation point the musical. Okay, got so it. yeah. <laughs> so when you're doing your searching online, make sure you put the exclamation right. point after Cannibal. Cannibal, it's very important. Exclamation point, the musical. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I never would have envisioned that being a recommendation. Doesn't it have anything to do with superheroes or Comic Con? So okay. there you go. Well, I can tie. Mind yours. Oh, wow. Okay. In that we are talking very low budget. Okay. Shoestring budget. Okay. Actually, this may be the epitome of shoestring budgets. Wow. Um, And it's a film that I think people have heard about and they've talked about, but I guarantee many of our listeners have not actually sat down and watched. Okay. Um, Now I'm wondering if I have. (laughs) um, I was with my kids at a bargain store here in town for reasons I won't go into. (laughs) Okay. Not a common occurrence here, but gotcha. you know, and I'm down there and there's a stack of DVDs for sale and they're uh, all about a dollar. It's like the, Oh, dollar. I am wow. I'm like a dollar. You know, it has to be really bad for me not to be considering <laughs> buying it for a dollar. Uh, is this shark versus octopus or something? No, no. I, okay. I paid full price for that one. Um, <laughs> okay. I found a copy of 1959's plan nine from outer space. Ah. For a buck. This is the famous Ed Wood classic film, widely considered the worst film ever made. Right. So I took it home that night. And before, I told they my, made, before they made uh, After Earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I told my, my kids, guys, tonight we're going to watch the worst movie ever made. Wow. And we sat down and we watched it. And sure enough, my kids were like, oh, God, this is horrible. I'm like, yes, it is. That's <laughs> part of the point. But the fun in watching it from a knowing how horrible it is. And after you've seen, if you've seen Tim Burton's film with Johnny Depp, Ed Wood, mm-hmm. that is about the making of Plan 9 from Outer Space. That is about his personal life leading up to making this, this monument, monumental film in his <laughs> career. Right. Uh, that, again, was considered one of the worst films ever made. You've got everything from, uh, you know, watching Hubcaps with string drop into the scene to be the flying saucers. <laughs> You've got the fact that Bella Lugosi, that Edward was able to get to do the film because it, uh, Bella Lugosi was on hard times and just wanted a uh, movie probably for his drug habit. Sure. Um, they got him for like two scenes and then wow. he died, uh, but they still wanted Bella Lugosi in the film. So the whole rest of the film, they either would reuse the same shot of Bella Lugosi over and over again oh, of him walking out of the woods and walking back in or they would have a guy just hold up the vampire cloak in front of his mouth and face oh, wow. to disguise his face to pretend like he's Bella Lugosi the rest of the movie. <laughs> it's a horrible movie, 
but it is a fun movie to watch. How, just, how long was the running time? Like hour 15. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a relatively short film. Okay. Uh, short, mercifully short <laughs> film. Bill Murray plays a character in Ed Wood mocking one of the actors from Plan 9. And when I saw Bill Murray's performance of this character, I'm like, surely that's not how this guy really acted in the film. <laughs> oh, no, it's definitely how the guy <laughs> acted dead in the on, film. Huh? Okay. And there's a scene of dialogue between two of the aliens and two of the humans late in the film where they're explaining their reason for going through with Plan 9. Hmm. That is just quotable to the nth degree. And I've had so much fun saying things like this around the house, uh, wow. you know, like what these characters say. It's fun to watch. Uh, is it a good film? Absolutely not. Is it uh, worth? Is it deserving of every title that's ever been ever been given? Absolutely, it is. Okay, um, but you know what? For a buck at Ollie's Discount Store, it's worth seeing. I don't know if it's online anywhere. I'm giving this recommendation because I'm telling you, if there is an Ollie's Discount Store in your go area, there. go check their DVD stack and see if they're selling Plan Nine from Outer Space for a buck because it's worth watching for a buck. Okay. <laughs> So we had two extremely low-budget oh. movies to recommend this month. <laughs> hey. Interesting. Well, in a time of summer blockbusters, what better remedy? Yeah, nice to know? watch something really, really uh, low-rent low like that. So yeah. Very nice. Cool. Okay. I think we're done. Great show. Yeah. Uh, Pacific Rim. I liked. Chris did not. Only God Forgives. I was troubled by immensely. Chris liked it. Yeah, um, both troubled by, but I, I did like it. I you, did come you, out on the positive. Yeah, side. troubled by, but you came out much more on the positive sure. than I did. Uh, and then we talked about some movie news, mainly around the Comic Con superhero movies that are coming out in the next couple of years that geeks everywhere, including myself, are going to be rejoicing about. And then we talked about our, our recommendations, both very very low budget shoestring <laughs> films, Cannibal yes. the musical, yes, and Plan Nine from Outer Space by the great Ed Wood. So. With that, plenty of things to check out, plenty of things to go to the multiplex to see, plenty of things to check out at home as well. Let us know your thoughts on any of these films, any of these reviews, any of these discussions. Let us know, am I right? Is Chris right? Are we both <laughs> wrong? What's going on here? Uh, you can do that by sending us an email at info at themesh.tv. That's I-N-F-O at T-H-E-M-E-S-H dot TV. You can go to the mesh.tv website. And there's a contact us form you can fill out and just say, hey, I got a comment for Foot Candle Films. The people in charge of the site, I'm sure, will make sure it gets to us appropriately. You can also find out more about our film society, the Foot Candle Film Society, which is part of the group that helps support some of the screenings that we show locally here. And you can learn more about that film society at footcandle.org. That's O-R-G, footcandle.org. So with that, Chris, we're going to wrap it up. I think uh, we do know that next episode, it looks more than likely that we'll be talking about the documentary Stories We Tell and also discussing another big-budget superhero comic book movie with The Wolverine. Okay. Uh, both ones that we are slated to review and see here in the next week or so. That would be a good uh, show. Yeah, so we'll look for that in a couple of weeks as we post that up. And uh, in the meantime, you got any comments, questions, drop us a line, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Check out letterboxd.com as well, Letterboxd without the E at the end, L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D.com. And look up Chris, look up me, and uh, friend us, like us, whatever they call it on Letterboxd. I don't remember what it is, but you click a button to say that I want to see whatever they're putting up. Sure. And you can see the films that we're watching. Uh, We do star ratings, and sometimes we write little comments about the film. We'll normally do that after we post our recorded episode, so... Uh, but be on the lookout. You can just see what all we're, we're watching and what kind of lists we're putting together of films as well. And with that, we'll wrap it up until next time. Chris, thanks as always, man. Yeah, no problems. Fun. All right. Everybody take care. We'll talk to you next time. See you in the ticket line. Special thanks to Carpal Taller for the show theme music. For more about Carpal Taller, visit www.carpaltaller.com. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.